Welcome to the show. My guest that I'm excited to have here. This episode is a writer for, and I did I learned this, a writer for stage and screen. Uh, mm-hmm. Please welcome Tracy Held. Yay. <laughs> I feel like this would normally be where there would be applause or something, but I guess podcasts yeah. don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a, it's, a different, it's a whole new world, the podcast. Uh, life. Yeah. Uh, so you know, for those who are here to, to hear Tracy's story or new to the show, basically I invite a friend or colleague like Tracy on the show to tell a story they've never told publicly before that they think is really fantastic, uh, basically for my own benefit and enjoyment and for <laughs> anyone in the world because we are listened to in the most randomest places uh, on earth, which is great. Anyways, uh, I wanted to, before we hear Tracy's story, Tracy, I wanted to ask you, a question about how I kind of know you, which is that um, I know that you are a screenwriter uh, Mm -hmm. and I, but I've known you to be uh, always doing a lot of organizing for events to help promote uh, the Asian American media and representation, identity, uh, voice uh, through a lot of events that feature writers, a lot of panels. I don't know how you have all the time to do all these things because you always are up to basically organize like 17 events. So (laughs) I guess my question is like, how do you do it? What's your inspiration to kind of continue to do all this organizing while still earning a living as a writer? Because that's actually how you earn a living. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, right. Um, I It's funny that I get this kind of question a lot, but it's not always specifically about Asian American organizing. It's, um, you know, I just, I it's my personality. I um, like doing things and I like um, getting that inspiration and running with it. And this is my problem and my gift is that if somebody um gives me a little bit of support in doing something then i will say okay now i'm actually doing it so there's always a risk in coming up with um interesting schemes because i'm the person who will probably say i know that this was originally a joke but i think it sounds amazing let's actually do it um so a friend of mine uh and i created this player challenge called 31 plays in 31 days and the idea was that uh my friend just had this personal um goal of writing 31 plays in the month of august and i said you know what i think that a lot of people would want to do that and so we actually turned it into this international event where a bunch of people were writing 31 plays with us and um i don't know i I don't actually have time to do all these things. I just (laughs) 
want to do them, and when you want to do something, then you find time for it. Uh, yeah, it's a, that's a, I guess that's a great way to put it. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming you can't consume as much media. I just can't see how you possibly can by also organizing all these events, unless you just don't sleep, I guess. I mean, I I sleep when I can. The pandemic obviously makes it hard. I have another friend who just keeps asking me what vitamins I take. And at the time I was um, nursing. And so I said, well, I take prenatal vitamins. And so she's like, I'm going to get some. Okay. <laughs> There's, a, there's, a, there's an unexpected pro tip there for anyone looking yeah. to just increase their energy uh, in the day and get through everything they need to get through. Um, well, on that note. Uh, it's not actual medical advice, by the way. Yeah. Uh, right, right. We Unsolicited advice, no medical. Yeah. All, yeah. All the disclaimers. Uh, uh -huh. So. So I've, I've asked you, Tracy, to tell a story you've never told publicly before. And in many cases, you know, other people on the show have told stories that are barely known privately. Mm -hmm. uh, they may be a significant other, maybe a family member or or, or nobody. Uh, and and one that this is the nuanced part. This is the writerly part of the, the question is something mm -hmm. that you think is great. So a story you're like, I think this is a good story or a good moment or a good aspect of my life that people uh probably couldn't look up on the internet or even just right would know so i'm excited to hear your tale uh we had not discussed it at all uh some people tell more than one tale like, mm -hmm. like little excerpts it could that could be it i have no idea i don't know if i'm gonna cry laugh get angry <laughs> or what or all of them or all three yeah so uh, that's kind of part of the fun and hopefully fun for all of your listeners and all of the new listeners and everyone who's uh tuning in so um yeah i guess whenever you're ready to to go yeah i mean this was actually um kind of a challenge to come up with a, a a good story that i never told because i'm very literal so when you say never it means i've never said it and um mm. and then i was also like but i am kind of a blabbermouth in some ways if something's interesting i will tell people <laughs> so what i had to do was dig deep and then decide okay i think the story has to be sort of a compilation of things. So the story isn't the individual moments, it's the collection of experiences. So what I decided was um, the weirdest things people accused me of lying about. Oh, oh, you just you just wrote the title of the episode too. Yeah, Great. you're welcome. Thank you, thank you, writer. Thank you, writer. Thank you. Didn't yeah. Mean, didn't mean to make you work. <laughs> on top of being on the show. That's fine. I mean, I do it anyway. That's when, it, you know, everybody writes in a different way. And I usually start with a title. I know some people really don't like doing titles, but that's my favorite part. It helps me mm. focus. Um, so yeah, I thought, um, and this is because recently somebody said that I lied about something and I just didn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around why this was even a thing that they that entered their brain. And so I just thought, well, this isn't the first time somebody's accused me of something and it didn't make sense. So I came up with a list <laughs> and I ordered it um, based on the number of people who've accused me of this lie. 
So we're going to start with the things that I've most often been accused of and work our way to the things that only one person has accused me of this. Oh, man, this is so exciting. <laughs> and organized and organized. You, yeah. As you organize things. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm being very consistent and reinforcing your biography of me. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so this thing, um, you know, I'm multiracial. Uh, you can't tell that from the podcast, except for that I just said that, if you believe me. But the seventh thing on my list, uh, the first one I'll talk about, is that a lot of people have accused me of lying about being Chinese. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah, and I can imagine why they would do that, because it's kind of like they're surprised because, you know, people kind of put you into a box, they make a decision and their response is, no, you're not. And they probably don't really mean to be saying that to me. They don't probably really mean to be telling me that I'm lying about my ethnic and racial background, but that's what they say. <laughs> and so all I can think of is, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why I would lie about that. Um, do you want to meet my family? Like, you know. <laughs> um, but what I did decide was, I think it's really people just kind of processing in their own mind that they have to reorganize something about what they assumed about me. And I think that's probably true of a lot of other kinds of things, but that I would say is the most common thing that I get. Um, and it doesn't happen as much anymore because I think people are a little bit more aware, but um, definitely that's the most common. Okay, coming in at number seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number six is that um, I um, consider myself to be an environmentalist and um, I was vegan for a long time and I lived in Berkeley for a number of years. And so, um, people have often accused me of lying about not ever smoking weed. Mm. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause of the narrative of being a Berkeley. Mm -hmm. vegan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I don't have much to say about that. Um, the <laughs> other one is I was vegan for 13 years. Um, and it was kind of on the early side of veganism where I could go into a restaurant and people would not know what the word vegan was. So I would have to explain it. These days, I think most people who work in food service are aware of what it is. But a lot of people would accuse me of lying about vegan, being vegan because they would think, well, um, it's not possible mm. to be so strict about your diet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a funny thing, right? Because it's like, well, there's a lot of things that people just do as part of their lifestyle that's a guideline that you wouldn't accuse them of lying about. But I think, again, this is one of those things where it's like people would imagine themselves trying to be vegan and they can't see it in themselves and so they can't see it in other people yeah um i feel like that's your number five things people accuse you of lying about mm -hmm. uh, that i feel like is like geographic centric in my opinion just because like in la 
it's very food allergy diet conscious. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. You, you could, like I don't, I don't eat lasagna, and then people are like, all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, like I, I other, I feel like other regions I've traveled to in the United States, yeah, like you, you could still be like I'm vegan. They're like, what? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. What, what is that? I don't know what that means. So yeah. But I, but I get it. I think it still applies. I think. Today. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like this was, I'm not vegan anymore. Um, but a long time ago, uh, when it was a little bit newer, I think it was more of an issue. But I would say even today, I think people are just kind of suspicious of people um, adhering to things that seem really intense and strict to them, but are just values that other people have and so you know we could we could look at it physically like what people are eating but we could also do it emotionally like you know uh about lying you know i i i I didn't realize until uh last year how much lying was really a part of how people lived and navigate navigated situations as it was because to me you know i i'm very literal and so it's hard for me to lie about things because um a uh i'm not good at it (laughs) people can tell when i'm lying um and b it's a lot of work to track like you you know we talked about i'm doing all these things it's hard enough for me to track real things it's almost impossible for me to track fake things that got made up like, I mean, obviously, storytelling is a little bit different, but if I'm trying to track two different versions of a reality that I experience, that's asking too much of myself. So, um, yeah, so I think that even something like that is um, an interesting thing to notice about people, because I think what I discovered in reviewing this list, and I think as we get further to the top of the list, it's even more obvious yeah. that um the things that people are accusing me about are not things about me they're about the yeah. other person um this is like it's <clears throat> this is so far deep uh, humorous <laughs> too uh and very well structured I, I i think i think we're out have, have we gotten to number four what, number four is yeah we're on number a, a provable fact uh, that people have accused me of lying about having green eyes. <laughs> You're right, because people would obviously see your eyes. Yeah. So the the way that people get away with this accusation is they say, those aren't real, those are contacts. Those are colored contact lenses. Mm. Got, um, it. Got it. And I have done this thing where I will get up in people's faces and I'm like, do you see a contact lens? And they still, I, by the time I've done that, they're so entrenched in their accusation that they can't get out of it. So um, I have nothing to say about that one. I just yeah. am really confused. I don't, <laughs> I don't know enough about science to know how uncommon green eyes are. Mm-hmm. I feel like they are like I have no idea. Yeah, they're pretty uncommon. Um, okay, but I have them. They're in different members of my family have them. Um, so 
and I don't think contact lenses have been colored for so long that, you know, it would go back that many generations if it was fake. Well, uh, we're, we're, we're chatting safely via, via video conference mm -hmm. uh, and your eyes, like, I guess it's like, if I've seen a green contact, it's like really green. It's not mm -hmm. green. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. It's like green lantern green or something. Right, right. So, huh. Interesting. Uh, I guess I'll have some follow-ups on like, who are these people? But uh... <laughs> Well, but just so to clarify, are you saying that mine are that green or they're less green than the no, green I'm lantern? Saying yours like... <laughs> I'm saying yours look like you're naturally born with those color eyes, not that you've gone through the effort of buying a mm -hmm. contact lens that replicates such a natural eye color. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't, I don't feel like people wouldn't instinctively do that. They would go for like crazy mm -hmm. neon raver green or something mm -hmm. shocking. So no, I'm saying like, I, yes, I, I wouldn't be accusing you. <laughs> okay. Well, having, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, David. I appreciate that about you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So now we're getting into the top three which are not the most common, they're the least common. Right. Um, <clears throat> where it's only happened one time each. So this, um, I like I said, I'm multiracial. Um, my hair, when I get it wet or damp, um, I can actually do things like put, um, put it in a ponytail and, um, and it'll curl my hair just from kind of holding it into a position for a certain period of time. Um, mm. So I shared this fun fact with a friend of mine and they said, your hair can't do that. <laughs> I was like, well, you can see my hair right now. <laughs> like this is the result of me sleeping with my hair wet. And then uh, she just couldn't believe it because her hair, she's Asian, her hair, uh, isn't responsive that way. It just doesn't do that. So that was kind of a funny uh, thing from a from a friend of mine who just had a different hair texture. Yeah. Um, it, it is funny. I guess this could be part of our post wrap. I don't want to mm -hmm. interrupt the, the list, but just the idea of sometimes you tell someone a fun fact of yourself and they're like, no. Yep. Not true. And you're like, uh -huh. no, what? Why do you, why do you think I'm making this up? And you're not trying to prank someone, right? Yeah. Now. Like, Hey, this is something about me. No. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, sorry. Like, uh, that no, you're good. I, I didn't have a plan for whether we would talk about the things after or in the middle of it. So we're good. Okay. Um, I guess it's been kind of both. It's been a bit. Of yeah. Both. yeah. Yeah. Um, number two, uh, somebody accused me of lying about being able to speak Spanish. Um, oh. <laughs> even though I spoke Spanish in front of this person, um, wait, what? So... <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was, I really, it was confusing. Um, because again, this is a provable thing. Yeah. Well, you might have to, yeah, set, set up the, the moment, I guess a little bit more. So you, you this person. You're literally speaking Spanish. Yes. Them or near them or like to like someone else. 
we were traveling um, in a country that's predominantly Spanish speaking. Um, and my friend had been, you know, leading all of the um, all of the navigation and communication with everyone. Um, and I just kept hearing her say some words that I'm like, I don't think you're conjugating that right. I think you're saying, um, you know, we do something instead of you do something. Like she was trying to make a request or say, you know, we're trying to go to this place. But then she was saying, you're trying to go to this place. Uh, so if we're asking somebody for directions, that's a little bit confusing. So I finally was like, yeah, I don't think you're saying that right. Um, but, you know, it was the first time that I was in that country and stuff. I'd never been in a predominantly Spanish speaking country. My Spanish is from high school. You know, it's like I took three years, so it was pretty advanced for high school. But again, you know, it was a long time ago. And um, so I just kind of assumed, well, she must know what she's talking about. And also people kind of understood what she was getting at. So, you know, it wasn't a big deal. But then eventually I finally just started speaking Spanish on the trip. And it's not like, you know, I am having these lengthy, you know, in-depth conversations with people, but I'm able to, you know, get directions or respond to people's questions. Like in the car, I can respond to their questions and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like my friend just, I think, arrived on the trip assuming I didn't know any Spanish. And so when I shared my, you know, well, I've only been doing it in high school and very occasionally because, you know, I live in California. Spanish is spoken. And I used to listen to like um, pop Spanish radio a lot because uh, I love pop music. Um, and uh, so, you know, I pick up some things, but I don't know. I just, I'm very bewildered. Yeah. So, I mean, in that moment, you, you're on this trip and then you, you start to speak yourself and then she's like, or he or they, or that person was like, yeah, uh, you don't speak Spanish. Like literally just. Confused. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't on the trip. Um, I mean, we had the conversation on the trip. Um, but there was no accusation. I don't remember that. I remember that I didn't speak Spanish during the trip. Um, I think there was surprise, but then recently, this is now two years later, this friend messages me, um, and, uh, about other things <clears throat> and then just randomly accuses me of lying about speaking Spanish as a way of discrediting me as a person. And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I don't that that's even more yeah okay that gets a little more in the strange category because it's like two years later yeah exactly I, it's like what oh that's funny but odd yeah yeah and this is also a provable thing you know not only could i probably dig up my high school transcript but somebody could ask me questions in spanish and i could respond to the degree you know I could. This is a provable thing, you know. Yeah, that's. Oh, that would be so. That's like, if if uh, I texted you <laughs> two years from now, like, <laughs> like, hey, you were you were not on my podcast. <laughs> you weren't. It wasn't you, or you weren't speaking about the stories you were speaking about. Like, about, mm -hmm. you're like, I did speak about those stories. What are you talking about? I'm like, no, you didn't. That's yeah. Oh, that's so, yeah, I don't, okay. 
Um, are we at number one? So we're at number one now. Oh. And I was really debating, was that one number one or is this one number one? Sure. But if we're going towards, you know, the weirdest things people have accused me of lying about. Um, <laughs> so I have an apartment um, and I own clothing and um <laughs> that's good, that's good. <laughs> yeah that's good. i mean yeah sure the listeners can't see this but i am wearing clothing um and uh i knew somebody who was really a big fan of those hooks that go over your door like your closet or your bathroom door or whatever so that you could hang clothes on them oh, as yeah. a way okay. of saving space got it yeah, yeah. so um i was like yeah that's cool because you know my mom used to do that on her door and it was very useful and so i bought one um and i tried to put it on my door and it wouldn't fit because the um the door and the door frame were too close together so i couldn't close the door if this yeah. hook was on there so this person, I um, was, you know, in my apartment because, you know, uh, oh, so David, to follow up on your question of how I get all these things done, do all these organizing things and stuff like that, it's because I neglect other areas of my life that other people put priority on. So um, <laughs> hanging fair. up, uh, so hanging up my clothes is not necessarily my priority. Sometimes I have a pile. And I know this is not uncommon, but it's also common for me. So, but I was trying, I bought this hook. I was really annoyed because I think it cost me like $8. And at the time I really didn't want to be spending $8 on something that I wasn't going to use, but I also didn't return it because, you know, I'm running around organizing That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> events and stuff. It's like, I don't have time to go do this. So anyway, this person is in my apartment and it's like, you know what you should get? Uh, you should get one of those hooks for your door. And then I said, well, I got one and it doesn't fit. And then they said, you're lying. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> like, are you serious? What? Why would you accuse me of lying about this? So we're not close anymore. I don't know if that was obvious. <laughs> Whoa. Um. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, like, like backtrack a second. Uh, okay. I guess I, I got a little thrown out. That's why I'm like, so the, the 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 person did not see the hook you bought, the door hook, the door thing. Right. And yeah. Then said, and then said, "Hey, you should buy one of these things." Right. Like, I bought one and it doesn't fit, and they're like. You're told you're lying to me. No. Yes. Did you have to like prove then? I mean, I offered to prove it. Um, it would have been a little bit hard to prove, not because it didn't happen and not because I didn't still have the hook, but because of my lack of organization, I would have had to find it. <laughs> um, but eventually I could have. Or even like let's say I couldn't. Let's say I lost it. Um, I could have bought a new one or acquired a new one, put mm -hmm. 
put it on the door frame or yeah, put it on the door, tried to close the door and taken a picture to say, Hey, look, it doesn't close. Um, but that person just wasn't interested in, you know, the truth. Cause I did offer, I was like, do you want me to show you? Like I can send you a picture. They were like, no, I don't want to. I just don't believe you. Um, wow. that's very, that's a very strong response. Yeah, it's intense. And the, you know, at that time, this particular person, I didn't see to be, you know, otherwise antagonizing towards me. Um, so it's kind of interesting that, you know, I'm remembering this now because years later I realized, oh no, this person really isn't on my side. You know, this person really doesn't believe in me or trust me and uh you know i could have like i'm i'm sure lots of people would have said you know the moment that they said this like, at the door hanger uh they picked it up you know people on your podcast are like i i could tell right away but it took me years to realize oh no this person really doesn't believe in me so yeah it's uh i feel like you know it's always like little things or quote microaggressions or like, mm -hmm. like seemingly innocuous incidences that when you kind of put them all together, you're like, oh, hey, yeah, that, that person has had it out for me or mm -hmm. that person has felt a certain way about me this whole time and they keep digging or throwing digs. Uh, yeah, that so the I can relate to the to the door hang experience because I, I do have one and I have <laughs> I have an old closet door that's like old wood and mm -hmm. raggedy. And so when it's like, depending on the weather, like the wood mm -hmm. expands or contracts. So depending on the time of year, it will not fit. Mm -hmm. Wait till it's like hotter or something. The wood like contracts. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, so I believe that that is possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, David. This podcast has been very validating for yeah. me. I just... <laughs> Yeah, I um yeah i didn't i didn't expect to really talk about lying but uh i guess what's interesting is the idea of just people not taking you for your word ultimately mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and, and, and you know we we've gone down from like I, like you're you actually it was very well organized like number you know the top or the number seven going mm -hmm. down there yes okay something i i get some people you're, you're of mixed heritage and people are going to question like mm -hmm. your quote ethnic side all the way down to this like random like you're just telling someone something you think is like innocent and they're like no that's not true that's not gonna mm -hmm. work or uh or he, there's no way you speak spanish and then you're like wait i, just, I was speaking spanish with you <laughs> what are you talking about like, i don't know what that is like what what is it about not taking someone at their word sometimes Mm -hmm. well, why, how do you feel about that I guess because it's happened to you in these seven moments although the last three are a little bit more kind of super random yeah I mean I think it's people are just uncomfortable with things that challenge their personal narrative and if I'm coming in and I'm this person who does something different or my body works different or my life experience is different, um, then it makes the, their 
perception of their world unstable. Um, and, you know, I think also right now, obviously at this moment, it's an important time to talk about this kind of stuff because I think that a lot of what's happening for people in general, whether it's about racism or whether it's about politics or about physical health and safety, I think there are just so many ways in which our perception of the world that we lived in is turning out to be very different than what we thought it was. Either um, because we're starting to become more aware of things ourselves or because other people are insisting that we hear their version. Right, like we're obviously in a pandemic, it's actually global, it's in many ways, there's a resetting of a lot of things in life, industries, health, like way we interact. And so it, it, it also gives you that chance to kind of look at how things were. And then you're like, okay, well, I mean, here's a lighter example. Um, I don't have any sponsorships at all, but uh, the Target drive up function is amazing. <laughs> like you order on your phone, you park in their designated spot, which is usually next to like the handicap spot. So it's like a really good spot. Uh, and then they just put the stuff you ordered in the trunk of your car and then you take off. <laughs> like, I hope that continues like forever, you know, like, right. Like, I don't need to go inside a target. I mean, I guess I will one day, but yeah, shout out to target. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're open to sponsors, but I mean, the point is like, there's things that have people have done during the pandemic, right. To adjust and try to make, make, make way or live or survive. And, some of those kind of things or innovations I think are actually could benefit us moving forward. You know, mm -hmm. it certainly applies with discussing racism and all these other different issues that people have been afflicted by. And I think, yeah, sometimes, like you said, like, like people don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't want to hear it because they're used to door hooks working or <laughs> used to you having like brown or black eyes and not green. <laughs> Uh, they just want things to be whatever their comfort level is. So I, I, yeah, I, I think that's, I like how you kind of, you're able to bring it to like a thematic larger thing, which I think is something a playwright does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, what you're talking about with all the Asian American activism and panel organizing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the nice thing about being a writer is that my schedule is very flexible and I could argue that literally anything that I'm doing is for my work. <laughs> um, but I also think that everything that I do, I'm so fortunate that it can serve whatever my larger vision is, my larger personal visions and, um, you know, global visions. Yeah. Um, I did, David, um, write down something that I did lie about, if you want to hear that story. Oh, I think that would be a really great way to end the episode. I yeah. You totally mapped out this unplayed. 
episode <laughs> for me because I don't I can't really plan these in advance because I don't know what you're talk- going to talk about. Yeah, can we end? Can we end with the thing you have lied about and haven't really revealed uh, ever? <laughs> yeah. So this I definitely have not talked about because yeah. um, it's pretty. Okay, so this happened in fifth grade. Okay. And um, I would say, um, anyway, so what happened is in the fifth grade, my mom and I went shopping and I needed some shoes, I guess, or we were just at Payless. And I saw these really cool high tops. They were um, blue and purple and had like little sequins on them. Um, and they were, there were like painted flowers on them and stuff. And I just love them. They're so cool. And then I asked my mom if we could get the, if I could get them and she said, yeah, sure. So we got them and then I wore them to school the next day. Um, and obviously I knew where I bought them because, or my mom bought them because I was at the store. Uh, but one of the kids in my class was like, oh, were you shopping at Payless? And I said, no. And then, and then they were like, this other kid, um, there, there were two boys and one of the other boys was like, well, they're pro wings, right? And I'm like, yeah, because at the time I didn't know that that was a Payless branded product. Um, so then I just kind of like dug in. And then um, the older kid, because it was a mixed uh, age class, was like, okay, Tracy. And he just smiled and kind of walked away knowingly because obviously it was a lie. But the thing that I was telling myself uh, during this experience was, well, they could have been from Goodwill. (laughs) (laughs) Rationalizing like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, fifth grade, the most obvious, my most obvious attempt at lying was pretty devastating and embarrassing. And it wasn't so much that I was caught in the lie. It was that this kid could see how pitiful I was that he just had to leave me alone. Like he couldn't keep pushing it. Um, So as a result... I've always thought twice about lying. <laughs> I, uh, well, you know, I, I can't, I can't think of a better way to, to just, we just got to end on that. Like I, there's no, I don't want to follow up with anything. You know what I mean? Like, that's a great, yeah, it's a great way to, to, to end. Uh, so, well, thanks Tracy for your very organized uh, list of the strangest things people have accused you of lying about. And fe- Thank you, ending, David. This yeah. And fun. ending, and ending with a lie so uh, of your own. So thanks everyone for listening <laughs> and uh, hope to hear or listen to you guys, hear from you, whatever. Uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Bye. Hey, if you'd like to know when our next new episode comes in, it's easy. You can subscribe for Best Noir I Never Told. That's right, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher.